Wonderful. Take your Bible, turn with me to the wonderful book of Deuteronomy. Oh, praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter number 6, if you will. Oh, I love the Mount Victory Baptist Church. Oh, what an exciting church, a good place to be at. Obviously, the Lord's working through the scriptures. Pastor Boots, you and your family are fantastic, other than your son Jackson. He's always causing me trouble, it feels like. Uh, but boy, I love this church, and uh, God is using you in a wonderful, wonderful way. And uh, I'll tell you what, Henrico uh, County desperately needs a Bible-believing church, and uh, so you're making a difference. You are making a difference, and uh, praise the Lord. Good to see the Thackers, your daughter with us, Philip uh, from Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Uh, Philip, I'm going to call you P.A., uh, McCardell from now on, but boy, I appreciate the singing, and uh, God is good. Thank, thank God for the Bible. You know, we I say open the Bible, but this is God's holy word. It's a letter written to you and me. It's God's instruction book. It teaches us what's right. It teaches us what's wrong, and uh, I desperately need it, Brother Boots, and uh, praise the Lord for that. I'm preaching a message this morning about the Christian home. And uh, we saw a wonderful baby dedication just a few moments ago, a mama and a daddy dedicating their children to live for God. In reality, they're dedicating themselves to raise their family for the Lord. They're dedicating themselves to have a Christian home. But to have a Christian home today, it's tough uh, to live for God sometimes. You have to to be steadfast and unmovable. you got to make some decisions in your life, not just to go to church once a week on Sunday, but to live for God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and then, you know, live for God on Sunday. And uh, throughout the week, boy, that devil is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour the title of the message is The Battle for the Christian Home. And really, there is a battle for the Christian home. You know, you're here this morning, you love the Lord, you have a Christian home, you're living for God, and, and praise God for that. But the devil sees that, he's upset. He's a little angry at your dads and your moms and uh, children that are raised for the Lord. They're, they're, when you look at the Bible, there are so many verses, amazing verses on the Christian home. Now, i got a, a few of them written out here. I'm not going to exhaust it, but before we look at that, you, you ever heard Psalm 127, verse number 1? Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Uh, our sign on our church, when I first got there, the first verse I put in our church is, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. There, there's a wonderful verse in Joshua chapter 24. Uh, Choose you this day, whom ye will serve. And then the last part of it, uh, Joshua cries out. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I read that portion of chapter, chapter 24, the book of Joshua. It, that excites me. Um, there's the wonderful verse in 3 John, uh, verse number 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Oh, there's no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. There's a good man I met. Man, he raised his children for the Lord, 
And my, I, I homeschooled, he tried to do everything to raise his children for the Lord. And then at, you know, graduation time, he chose a secular college for his daughter. And not long after that, his daughter met a man who was an atheist. And uh, they started to take an interest. And uh, he was in tears telling me his daughter married this atheist and their grandchild, his grandchild, is being raised to be an unbeliever, and his heart is just broken over it. It, it, it affects him physically. It affects him every day. Uh, there's other verses. I love Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There, there's little verses that are not as necessarily well known. You know, Jeremiah chapter number 4, verse 22, it says, uh, My people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. What a sad verse. What a sad verse. Uh, Genesis Chapter number one is another one, verse 27. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And I love this verse. And, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And Mandy and I, we have 12 children. So we were just uh, partaking of that Genesis chapter one verse right there. And uh, praise the Lord. Our oldest is 27. And our youngest just turned two on Friday. What have we done? Amen. And so uh, terrible twos are here. Uh, so many other verses. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. Phenomenal verse. For I know him, speaking of Abraham, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Now, we're going to read here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm sort of just getting into it. Remember, it's a battle for a Christian home. You have a Christian home. You're living for God. You're serving the Lord. You're not just a one-day-a-week uh, Christian home. You're a seven-day-of-the-week Christian home. You know the devil. He's that roaring lion who's trying to walk about, seeking whom he may devour. There's a battle for the Christian home. Now, society today is different. I don't know if you've have you, have you been out there. You know, outside the, the church doors, you know, outside in society, it's different. And it's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a society that's lifting up the Word of God and say, Woo, praise God for this blessed old book that I hold in my hand. It's a society, in a lot of ways, that's adamantly against the Word of God. Uh, Brother Boots, it would shock you, but society today is almost attacking the Christian values that you and I hold, attacking the Christian values that you, uh, us here today, those biblical values. We, we went into that hotel that you had to stay at. Beautiful. Thank you for the wonderful accommodations. And we walked in there, and I heard this voice that didn't sound quite right. And you ever, you ever had double takes, Brother Boots? It's like where you look over, you're like... <laughs> and you don't mean to stare, but it's, it's almost shocking what's going on over there. And right in front of us, checking in this hotel, were, were two guys. One was dressed up in a skirt and uh, a wig and trying to be effeminate. 
And it just, you know, I, I try not to stare, and it just breaks my heart. They, they were openly flaunting, you know, they're really, and you, you say, say, I say this kindly, they're opening, flaunt, openly flaunting a, a lifestyle that is opposed to the Word of God. And they were drawing attention to themselves, and that's not good, because sin, when it's finished, you, you remember the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we as Christians, we live in that society where every news channel, every uh, internet page, uh, every TV show will flaunt things that are opposed to the Word of God. In, in other words, there's an attack on the Christian home. But can I say praise God for the instruction book that gives us some defense, Amen. gives us some guidance, and, and almost more importantly, it gives us some hope that we can have a Christian home. Now, we're going to read probably my absolute favorite section of Scripture in the whole entire Bible, right here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you can, in honor of God's Word, could you stand with me? Deuteronomy chapter 6. And what I'll, what I'll do is I'll read this to you, and uh, it's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through nine you know could we read this all together let's read this all together deuteronomy chapter six verses four to nine ready hear o israel the lord our god is one lord and thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might and these words which i command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Well, that, that, now maybe you're new to this. Wow! That is a wonderful powerful, glorious scripture found right here in the Word of God. Now, before we pray, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. Remember Moses came, Mount Sinai was given the Ten Commandments. That was at the beginning of the 40 years, right after they crossed that Red Sea, uh, came out of Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. At the end of the 40 years, Moses is about to, to die, to go be, be with the Lord, and he's instructing the children of Israel. He's guiding the children of Israel. And he's reminding them the importance as you go into the promised land, as you cross the Jordan River, he said, you can have a Christian home. And one of those people is Joshua. And you know, all the other the children of Israel, most of the other ones have died. Really, you got Joshua and Caleb left that are ready to go over there. But he's telling them loud and clear, you can have a Christian home. And he puts a little uh, snippets of hope right here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. The battle for the Christian home. Before we go any further, let's bow our heads, go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you for this good group of people right here at Mount Victory Baptist Church. Thank you for the, the moms and the dads that are battling, have been battling to have a Christian home. Maybe there's one or two that have been maybe tempted to give up the fight. I and mean, maybe in reality, there might even be one here that has never got in the fight. 
And I pray that some decisions are made to continue on having a Christian home. Maybe some decisions are made to have a Christian home uh, this morning. And then, Lord, if there's a soul here that's not saved, I pray that this would be the day of salvation for them. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The battle for the Christian home. And, uh, oh, there's so much here. I really appreciate your pastor's uh, liberty that he's given me. He said, take as long as you want. I think that's what he said right there. And so I'll, we'll be out of here before 3 o'clock, you know, your second service. That's the, the idea right there. Look back with me at Deuteronomy chapter number 6, if you will, and verse number 4. And uh, the first point right here, look at this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I'll read that verse again for all of us. That's a, an awesome verse if you think about it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In other words, part of the hope to have a Christian home, part of the battle to have a Christian home, a, a Christian home needs, now this might shock you, but a Christian home needs to be a Christian home. That, that's, that, that's very, 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 very important. In order to have a Christian home, your home needs to be Christian. In other words, Moses was reminding him, say, hey, when you go over into the promised land, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He's saying there's one Lord. There's one God. There's one way. There's one truth. And it's important, don't go to the other gods. Serve the Lord our God. Don't go to the way of the heathen. Go the way of the God of the Bible. Don't go the way of the Egyptians. Go the way of the God that gave us the Ten Commandments, that provided us manna from heaven, that uh, allowed your clothes to grow with you in this wilderness, that has given us so much. There's one Lord. Boy, that, that's a, a very, very important truth. A Christian home, you're going to have a Christian home, it needs to be a Christian home. And, uh, oh boy, you can see Moses wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And the children of Israel, just like you and me, Boy, they've seen the victories. They, they, they were part of those ten plagues. Uh, they were part of the uh, parting of the Red Sea. Imagine them getting to the Red Sea, and they get there. Uh, the Egyptian army's behind them, and right there, the Red Sea's in front of them. They begin to look at Moses. You're Moses today. What have you gotten us, us into? Have you brought us out here to die? It seems like their common theme right there. Moses raised up that staff right there. The miracle of the crossing of the Red Sea on dry land. As they get through there, the Egyptian army begin to go through the, the Red Sea right there. And next thing you know, as they're on the other side, the walls of that water fall down and kill the Egyptian army. You read about that in Exodus chapter 15. Woo! The, the song of Moses right there, the song. It, it's a glorious victory. They, they were there in the middle. But you know, shortly after that, it's just like you and me, we forget how good God is. Well, we're, we're lacking a little bit of water. We're lacking a little bit of bread. And we forget that God's always taking care of us. And He has always taken. He's a God that supplies all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But we forget that he's a God that's done it before, he'll do it again. So it's important. Remember, a Christian home needs to be Christian. You know, when I, when I grew up, I was born in Nebraska. Uh, I was born into a Catholic family. And then my dad divorced my mom. And my mom remarried. We'd moved to Colorado. We moved to Iowa. And we went to a Nazarene church. We went to a uh, non-denominational type of church. We eventually went to a southern type of Baptist church. 
Uh, I went to Mormon uh, Boy Scouts. I was all confused. And I thought Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, all of them are the same. But, you know, I, I didn't understand there's a difference. When uh, my family, my dad came home one time after church service, the pastor had been yelling as he was preaching, I think, and uh, he said, we're never going back to that money-grabbing preacher's church again when I was 11 years of age. And our family, we were, we were once-a-week Christians on Sunday morning, but my dad quit taking us to church. The next thing you know, my family that had some semblance of living for God began to fall apart. And into my high school years, rebellion, I was not a saved person. At 19 years of age, I, I joined the Navy, the United States Navy, because I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, but in the Navy, uh, a church had an outreach, invited me to a service. I heard the preaching of God's Word. Somebody asked me if I was to die today, if I knew for sure I'd go to heaven. And the man took me through the scriptures about how I was a sinner destined for hell, but Jesus loves me, died on the cross for my sins, three days later rose from the grave, and then he's saying he's the only way, he's the only God, the only way to heaven is not you plus Jesus, it's Jesus and Jesus alone, and I, and I cried out, Lord, save me, I got gloriously saved, praise the Lord, a Christian home needs to be a Christian home. Now, through the years, I got married to Mrs. Nettesheim over there, Mandy Nettesheim, and uh, we had three, I had an instant family, she had three children, her dad, uh, her dad, her husband had gotten killed in a car accident, so when I married her, we had the three oldest, and then we've had nine children together, but I desperately wanted to have a Christian home, a, a home that was centered on the Bible, which leads us, look back with me, uh, there, Deuteronomy chapter six, look with me at verse number five. Christian home needs to be Christian home. Then it says this, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Read that first part with me. And thou shalt what? Love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. A Christian home, and to win this battle of having a Christian home, a Christian home needs to have a heart for God. This is so vitally important. A Christian home needs to have a heart for God. That's what Moses is saying. Moses is saying, hey, Joshua, hey, children of Israel, you're going to cross over the Jordan. You're going to go into the promised land. And when you go there, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's one God. But then he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Hey, Joshua, hey, children of Israel, make sure you have a heart for God, a heart for God, a heart for God. In other words, he's speaking about right motives, right motives. Now, uh, you and I struggle sometimes. Well, okay, you don't struggle, but sometimes I struggle, okay? Uh, my family struggles every once in a while. I just had Amos' birthday. He's two years of age. He's two years of age. Amos, my littlest one, he just this last Friday, Mandy made this beautiful cake for Amos, had some dinosaurs on there, and around the birthday cake for Amos, she got these little peach candies, and I don't know about you, I got, I got a sweet tooth. So I came back, I came back, and I went to my desk in my house, and there was one piece of peach candy sitting there. And I was so excited. You know, they thought of me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I, I took that piece of candy, I didn't, I didn't say anything, I just put it in my mouth, and I, I chewed up on that. It was glorious, it was wonderful. 
uh, one of my children came in there and said, Dad, did you get that peach uh, candy right there? I said, yeah, thank you so very, very, very much. It's wonderful. Now, a little bit later, Brother uh, Pastor Boots, I was there at my table, and one of my other sons says, Dad, did you get those three pieces of candy? <laughs> I said, what do you mean, three pieces of candy? There was one there. And somehow, three went to one because they were more concerned about their own taste buds than their daddy. But, but you know what? Sometimes that's the way we are. You know, we give God our second best. We don't give him, we give him one peach ring, but we're going to make sure we get two. And the point being right there is, hey, Moses is crying loud. He's saying, hey, children of Israel, make sure you love God, love God, love God. You, you know, we, we go to church this morning, not because we have to, we go to church because we love God. We read our Bible throughout the week, not because we have to, because we love God. We go to the Lord in prayer, not because we have to, but because we love God. We give of the tithe, not because we have to, but because we love God. We tell our neighbors and our, our folks around us about Jesus. Why? Because we have to know, because we love God. Proper motives. You know, he's saying, hey, Joshua, hey, children of Israel, make sure in order to have this Christian home, make sure everything works out, make sure that you love God. My son, uh, jo Joseph, a couple years ago, I think two, almost three years ago now, we had a bunch of people over to our house after a, a Sunday service, and some of us men got together, and we started talking about people who do marathons, you know, where you run for 20-some miles. Do you, you don't do that, do you? You do that? That's just not good for you. That's just, like, that, I mean, just thinking about it, it hurts me, and I just don't understand why people exercise. And my fam my favorite verb, bodily exercise profiteth little, but God... <laughs> That's what I believe. I believe I'm telling you the truth. But anyways, we were talking about a marathon. We have a few people in our church that were running a marathon. And I said, well, what about the Bible? What would be a marathon for like a Christian, a Bible reader or something? Somebody suggested, well, man, can you imagine trying to read the Bible in a month? I said, no, actually, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine. And then we started talking, and, he's, and we got a group of us that said, hey, let's try it. And so the month of August, uh, that was almost three years ago, we decided to read the Bible from cover to cover, at least try it in the month of August. So I'd never done it before, but I, man, a lot of time, I worked hard. Twelve of us from the church made it through the Bible in, in, from cover to cover in one month. I don't suggest you do that. I'm just saying, oh, that was hard. It was very, very hard. Uh, one of them was my son. And after another month or two months, I noticed that my son kept reading the Bible. And eventually I said, what are you doing? He says, well, you know, when I read the Bible from cover to cover that month, it had such an impact on me. And he basically said, I love God. I want to do it again. And he did that for 24 consecutive months. Why? Why did he do it? Because dad got over there with a big whip. You better read your Bible. No, because he had love God. When you have a love for God, it changes everything. You know what's going to protect you from the wiles of the devil? You know what's going to protect you from that roaring lion who's seeking to devour your Christian home? Hey, you having a love for God, love for God, love for God. Look at this next one. Go back with me to verse number 6. Chapter 6, verse number 6. And these words, which I command thee this day. Now, this is stop there for that. These words, these words, what's he talking about? Well, you remember, the book of Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law, right? 
So the second given law. In chapter 5 of Deuteronomy is the Ten Commandments. You find those in Exodus chapter number 20. Then it's the second giving of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5. We'll read that a little bit later. So he says, these words which I command thee this day. He's talking about the Word of God, the Ten Commandments basically right there. These words which I command thee this day, the Word of God shall be in thine heart. Look at this next verse. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What's that? The Word of God. Diligently unto the Word of God. And shalt talk of them, that's the Word of God, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them, that's God's word, for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. A Christian home. Wow. A Christian home. Oh, it needs to be a Christian home. A Christian home needs to have a heart for God. But also a Christian home needs to be guided by God's word. Guided by God's. And this, this, this is important. It's important for you. It's important for me. And it's a phenomenal truth. Uh, the devil, as that roaring lion, seeking to devour your home, my home. And we begin to think about it. Moses, he's saying to the children, listen up. We made some bad mistakes in the past. We got across that Red Sea. Man, God has gave us the victory. But it wasn't long when all of a sudden it, it looked bad. There's no water. There's no food. And we begin to cry for those that, that garlic and that onion from Egypt. And you are being guided. He's saying you are being guided not by the Word of God, but you are being guided by your emotions. You are being guided by your feelings. You are being guided by your circumstances. Listen, your, your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. He's saying don't be guided by your heart. Don't be guided by the culture, whether it's the Egyptian culture or the culture of today. That's what he's saying. He's saying, don't be guided when you go into that promised land by the Amorites or the Moabites or by the Girgashites or the Jebusites or the all those ites. <laughs> Amen. He's saying, don't be guided by them. Be guided by the Word of God. Don't be guided by your feelings. Be guided by the Word of God. Don't be guided by your neighbor. Be guided by the Word of God. Can I just say that's a good truth? That's a marvelous truth. Oh, it's a, a fantastic truth. You know, don't be guided by your emotions. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm emotional. You ever been on a diet? I, you know what my favorite restaurant is? Absolutely my favorite. Like, I, 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 you wouldn't think like this, but I think about this all the time. I think if there was only one restaurant I could ever have for the rest of my life, and I could only go to one, which restaurant would I choose? And it's easy. I mean, it hands down, McDonald's. I love McDonald's. I love their breakfast. I love, the, I, I love their dinner. I love a double quarter pounder with cheese. You take off the onions. You add lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise. It's glorious. Okay? It's fantastic. What does that have to do with the sermon? Oh, motions. I, I struggle with weight. And so I go on a diet all the time. And I'll be in the midst of my diet. I'm saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go to McDonald's. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get a double quarter pound of cheese. Then you know how they put McDonald's like at every other corner and you're just driving along. And you're like, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Then you go a couple more miles and there's another one. You're like, mm, and there's something about it. I just swerve over into McDonald's 
And I don't mean to do it, it just happens. That's, now, that's my emotions. And if you're not careful, you and I, we're not guided in our home by the Word of God. We're guided by that YouTube video that I just saw. Did you just see that? Did you hear what he said? We're guided not by the Word of God, which is a lamp to my feet and a light in my path, but we're guided by the social media post. Or did you read that? I just, I just read it on, the, on that guy's blog right there. Or we're guided by our neighbor or our family tradition. But no, he's saying, hey, to have a Christian home, make sure that everything you do, you're guided by the Word of God. Now, there's some things... Pastor Boots, my family may be different than your family. I just know the Word of God's important. I didn't grow up, like I said, in a Christian home. So I got saved, and next thing you know, I got a wife and three kids. And then next thing you know, you have Matthew and Joseph and Levi, and my family's growing. And I heard you're supposed to do family devotions, but Brother Boots, nobody taught me how to do family devotions. And I'm like, what do I do? I mean, I don't know what to do. And so I struggled. I was a terrible dad that des I desired to have family devotion, but I didn't know how to do it. So finally I said, you know what? I'm a Christian. In a Christian home, Deuteronomy chapter 6, is to be guided by the Word of God. Family devotion. Why don't we just read the Bible? I mean, that's, that's a novel idea, isn't it? So we started having our Bible time where we read the Bible. And so several years ago when we did that, we just started reading the New Testament together as a family. We'd read Matthew chapter 1. And if we make it through a chapter, we normally do a chapter. Sometimes it'll go into two chapters. And, and every time we finish the New Testament as a family, if you were to go into my bedroom, you go into my closet, you go around the corner of my closet, you squeeze in there a little bit right there. On the wall, I've written every time we finish the New Testament as a family. We just finished it a, a couple of weeks ago. We're back in the book of Matthew now. Uh, but we finished it again, and I think I, I counted 17 times since we started that. Now, here, here's the, the, it's not the pat on the back. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm saying, why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because I know I need it. Why do I do that? I know my children need the Word of God. Why do I do that? Because every time you read the Word of God with a family, something will poke out itself, and all of a sudden it will lead into a family discussion. I'll say, children! We're a Christian home. We have to follow the Word of God. Hey, the, the Christian home needs to be guided by the Word of God. Now, we're almost to the end. When a pastor says that, you're, you're probably pretty good at that stuff right there. When I say I'm almost done, I really mean I'm almost done. So look at this. Look at verse number 15. Oh. But look, look, look at this. Actually, verse number 9. Look at this. Oh, this is the last point, and it's, it's a really important point. A Christian home is a Christian home. A Christian home uh, needs to be guided by the Word of God. A Christian home needs to have a heart for God. And then if you look at this, verse number 9, Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And verse number 10 starts something a little bit different. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give, thee a, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Okay. He, Moses is talking. When, when you get to that point where you go into the promised land, in the promised land, you're crossing that Jordan, 
God's giving you great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not. Verse 11. And houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not. And wells digged, which thou diggest not. Vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full. Okay. He, he's saying right there, he says, Woo, you're going to go in the promised land. You're going to get some wells that you didn't dig that you're going to have the benefits of. You're going to get some olive trees, some vineyards. Serving the Lord's good. Having a Christian home is good. It's, can I, can I, I, I want to shout that from a mountaintop. Normally in our church, I get to climb up on things, but you don't have anything to climb up on here, which is probably good. Uh, but it, serving God, it, it does not get any better than serving God. He's good. God will take care of you. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm not missing out on the world's sin because sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. We're not missing out on the entertainment of the world or the uh, drinks that the world have or uh, the fellowship of the world. Uh, fellowship of the world, it's, it's enmity with God. Serving the Lord is good. When you go over there, God's giving you wells. He's giving you vineyards. He's giving you so many things. Serving the Lord is a blessing. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. That, that's not necessarily a sermon there. I'm just saying, the serving the Lord's good. Serving the Lord is good. Serving the Lord is good. But here's the problem. And verse number 12, look at this. Then beware. When, when you get into it, you've had that Christian home. You've got the benefits of the Christian home. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord. Man. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Certain Lord's good, but it's easy to forget. It's easy to Allow your eyes to look, your ears to hear, your mind to wander away from the God you love, from the book that's guided you and helped you. It's such a good truth. He's warning them. He said, hey, remember, you're going to get in the promised land. By the way, you want to know a fancy, we, we don't have time for it, but a fascinating su subject to study. I mean, it's like fascinating. The Bible's a fascinating book. But the similarities between Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Joshua chapter 24, when Joshua gets over there, you know, the, they do go in there, the walls of Jericho do fall down, and he gets to the end, he gathers everybody around, and the first part of Joshua chapter 24, he talks about how wonderful, how amazing God has given us, and how God gave them the victory, and then do you remember how Joshua words it at that period of time? If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, whether the Amorites, uh, in whose lands you dwell. I'm not quoting perfect, but he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, go ahead and forget. I'm not forgetting. He said, go ahead and go your way, but I'm going to serve God. Go ahead and do your own thing, but me and my house, we're not giving up on the great God that's taken care of us, that's provided for us, that's given us the gift of eternal life, that's given us the Bible as our guide, that's given us manna from heaven, that's given us vineyards, that's given us wells, that's given us olive trees. Boy, our God is a wonderful God. Joshua, by the way, says, hey, they forgot 40 years ago. We're not forgetting today. We're going to live for the Lord. We're going to have a Christian home. Hey, you go ahead and do your thing, but we're living for God. By the way, I'll tell you what, 
that's sort of the spunk that we need to have. Spunk is not a biblical word, but the spunk, that, the fire that we need to have. We need some mamas, some daddies that say, hey, it doesn't matter what the world does, the world says, the world goes, the direction of the world. We are going to live for God. We're going to have a Christian home. We're not going to forget. Ah. Ah. Pastor Boots, we see it's the same song. Same thing happens over and over again. Boy, a, a man gets saved. Maybe he's married, maybe he doesn't. The wife gets married, they get married. They begin to get excited about the Bible. They come to church. They're serving the Lord. The kids are growing up in church. Man, they're happy. They're joyous. They give testimonies. Whoa! Back in the day, it used to be alcohol. It used to be this. But God uh, saved my soul by His precious blood. He's given me a reason to sing, a reason to, to live, and a reason to serve. They're guided. They're happy. They're joyous. And something, sometimes, it just happens. You see it happen. All of a sudden, and I don't know, it's just so sneaky. And their eyes, all of a sudden, they get off on something else. And then it's a slow change. Their attitude begins to change. And they begin to not look at the Bible, but they look to something else. And next thing you know, they begin to forget. I remember a story, and he's one of my best friends. Man, kids, loves the Lord. And they never had a lot of money. But man, they were joyful, happiness. And something happened. It was just a minor little thing, and a little seed of bitterness got in his heart, made a life-changing decision. I remember meeting him out after church, and I begged him. I said, listen, this decision's going to change your life, not for good. And he looked at me, and he said, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. But no, it changed his family. You fast forward 10 years later, and I remember him wanting to meet with me. 10 years later, when he met with me, he says, Matt, <laughs> My life's a mess. Adultery, fornication. He said, my life is like the Jerry Springer show. I remember when he called me over to his house and his, his son had grown up and gotten to high school and his son had uh, gotten in big trouble with the law and had to get a bracelet around his ankle. And, and he looked at me and he's just like, he's angry. He's upset. But what happened? He forgot. And to be truthful, I'm no better than him. To be truthful, you're no better than him. It's easy to forget. Boy, Mount Victory, God's been good. You have a good thing going. You got families here that want to live for God. Your family is an amazing family, Brother Boots. Amazing, other than your brother. And so he's not too good. And so, but you got an amazing family. Amazing family, other than your son Jackson, too. Forgot about him. But family's coming to church, Christian home, a heart for God, guided by the Bible. It does not get any better than living for God. And I want you to have a battle. I want you to fight and have battle to have a Christian home. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we love you. Oh, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the Pastor Boots family. Thank you for these good people here at Mount Victory Baptist Church. Without a doubt, there is a bunch here today that have a Christian home, not just on a Sunday, but uh, Sunday, Monday, through day, Tuesday, Wednesday, all throughout the week. Without a doubt, there's going to be one or two that, you know, they're here, but they're not, they have not jumped in all the way. 
And I pray that you help them to jump in and have a Christian home. Help them be guided by your word. Have a heart for God. And then maybe there's some that have been tempted. Maybe their eyes have been looking over to the Egyptians or remembrance of the Egyptians. Help them to turn back to your word. I pray that you give us wisdom during this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Boots.